Grab your sunglasses and a floppy hat. We're back for more adventures and inspiration. Let's talk travel. Yes, welcome everybody. It's Gareth and Nick here, just having a good old chat and a catch up. And it's really nice of you to join us. So, Gareth, how have you been? How have you been? Good. Yes, I've been good. Uh, I got back yesterday from a trip to Belgrade. So, I'm just... Today's been a bit of decompression mode, if that's a, th- a thing, where you like unpack and do the washing and just think, oh, it's nice to be home, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? Every time we're on a podcast, you're coming back from somewhere very fabulous. <laughs> well, well, we can get into this in a bit. I'm not sure in the scheme of travel adventures that I'm going to put Belgrade in the fabulous column. Oh. But uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. How about you? How's your week been? Fine. And and re- yes, fine. I've got nothing more interesting to say than that. Although I did manage to um, shampoo the dog, make a lemon posit and hoover all within a 15 minute window today. So I feel like that's probably my achievement. That's multitasking. And you wouldn't want to mix those tasks up in any way, would you? Because they need to be kept quite separate, I think. You don't want to be spearing lemon posset on the dog. How is the dog? He's delicious, as is my lemon posset. Uh, <laughs> no, he's really good. He's um, he's just becoming a bit more robust now, so he's a bit more fun. You know, he like flies into a group of dogs and has the right old charge around. You know, to a group of dogs of friends I know. You know, but he used to be yeah. a bit chicken and kind of loiter around the edges. Now he's all guns blazing. Is he still growing or do you think he's reached his maximum sort of? I think he's reached his maximum, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But also this week I have been looking at G, which I wanted to talk to you about, is woofing. Now, have you heard of that? <laughs> it's not rude before you ask. Well, that's the thing. I do have some experiences of that, but probably they're different to yours. Oh, so... really? No, no, not in it. But it's like, um, anyway, you do your explanation and I'll see how close it is to mine. Is yours too rude to share? Well, it's not really rude, but like um, there's like a dating app where you, instead of like sending hearts, you woof at people. Uh, but also it's a bit of like a, it's a bit of a, a way of showing in, you know, interest in someone that, you, you you might like type woof at them or something. Well, can I just say you need to stop that this moment because to, I'm, if you're, I'm if doing you're, it. I'm just saying it's what happens. Well, heavens to Betsy, it's, it's a you know I like you. Or would you like to meet up for a drink? Surely, when did that die out and we became woofing at each other instead? You're still living in the 1950s, I think. Well, I'm happier there, my friends. <laughs> I am. I don't want to be. I'm woofing happy to be woofed anyone. at. If someone wants to woof at me, let them have at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, my woofing, which is far more um, educational, is the worldwide opportunity for organic farmers. I think that's what it stands for. I have to. I, it's been a long time ago since I read it. All right. And what does that involve? Well, it's it's marvelous. You can plug into any country that you like, and you can volunteer to work on any of those organic farms that you can see. You help out on the farm, and in exchange, they give you. Uh, board and food so no board and food board and lodging so you have you you get somewhere to sleep and you get fed right and in exchange for that you know it's affordable travel you're learning new skills you're meeting new people look in theory this concept has potential but for you personally as someone who lives on an actual farm and grew up spending your vacations farming does this have any appeal whatsoever? 
Well, it does, because where else am I going to spend five to six weeks in the summer holiday in Spain, in Canada, in France, wherever? Because you can get um, sap from maple trees in Canada, or you can do goat farming in the Spanish hills, or you can, you know, work on an organic chicken farm in the south of France. I mean, hooray! Did you ever do a kibbutz trip? No, I regret that. Do you? I don't know if I regret that or not. I didn't do it either, but my sister Lisa didn't. didn't sound much fun. It sounded like a lot of hard work. But do you not think now, looking back, we? I mean, I bet Lisa would tell you. I mean, I don't know, but I think Kath did that as well. And she just said, you know, it was hard work, hard work. But, but you know, we, 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 you did it large as well. You know, you drank most nights and you had good fun and you all kind of piled into the dining room all together. And now probably you wouldn't take the work quite so seriously, would you, do you think? No, true. I guess it is a good way of having, it is an experience, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I sort of sometimes romanticise, you know, like droving a herd of sheep along a dusty road on a hot day. But at the time it was really boring. I think I'd appreciate it more now. I'd be more into it now, but... I don't know. At the time, it wasn't much fun. No. Okay, you've already rained on my parade, and I and I'm not <laughs> really appreciating that, Gareth. Thank you very much. I wouldn't mind like um some sort of holiday that involved a bit of horse riding. Do you know what I mean? Like, because you know, I never really did heaps of horse riding growing up, and you know, a bit of a trek through the bush on a horse could be interesting. Yes. Now, my two did um. They did that when they went to Yellowstone. Oh, did they? Yes, that was a tremendous trip. They, so that was when their the dad took them, when it was, you know, dad takes us on glamorous holidays and you just take us camping <laughs> kind of time. But um, it, it it was it was really nice. And they went on these they went on horses like like from A to B, and they were given they had to buy bear spray. Did I tell you that? <laughs> How effective is bear spray? <laughs> They had to buy bear spray, which is $10 a pot or whatever. Sure. And if a bear comes at you, you spray it in their eyes. Oh, it's like pepper spray for it's bears. It's like pepper spray. However, uh-huh. the, very cleverly, you're not allowed to take it from the national park because it is a hazardous, dangerous spray, but you can sell it back to the national park <laughs> for like a $2, you know, $2 deposit or something. I mean, they got you each way there, haven't they? You have to take it in case you see a bear. Ninety-nine percent of them don't. You can't keep it. No. And we'll, but we will take it off your hands at a vastly reduced price. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that <laughs> Yellowstone knows what it's doing there, don't they? Genius. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what about um, what about like leading a llama through the Andes or something? That might. Would you do that kind of thing? Or... I would do that, but that sounds like a dodgy paperback book rather than a farming. I know. I guess it's not strictly farming. Why would the llama want to go through the Andes? I mean, I the llama's know. like, well, let me just stay where I am, please. Yeah, they're not the friendliest of animals anyway, are they? They spit, but, don't um, they, llamas? They do. and Yeah. Or is that camels? Or, yes, perhaps camels and alpacas. Oh, true, true, true. Oh, it's just, it's just, you have to unravel this now. It's, it's tricky. I don't know where I was. Somewhere in Argentina, maybe like Huhui or like up there somewhere. And we were sort of meeting these people and and he was a guy who sort of ran these llama tours and the llamas seemed nice enough, but it was just like, oh yeah, you could just like, you know, we'd go in a group and we'd walk all day through the Andes from here to there with the llama. It's like, I don't know, really. There's no protest (laughs) to that, is there? No, that's, that's my point. Why am I walking there? 
yeah. to to then get picked up by a bus and brought back to where I started. I don't no, I don't see the point. No, whereas if you're learning how to make cheese from goats, you're actually away on a, an interesting trip and you come back with a new skill. Exactly. Okay, no, you're talking me around to your woofing. I will get on board with the woof, I think. Okay, let's all investigate <laughs> the woof. That'll be good. <laughs> Now, I, I, I should debrief on my Belgrade trip because uh, it, it was a bit of an experience. Um, have you ever been to Serbia or Belgrade? Or, or... No, no, I haven't. But you do you do sound a bit low, Gareth. Is it, did it no, no, I'm not low. Trip? No, I think it's just, no, no, it, uh, it's just my voice I think is a bit funny. But because um, we were there for Europride, which is an annual Pride event that moves to a different city each year. And this year it was hosted by Belgrade kind of thing. Um, but I, I don't know, it just wasn't because, you know, I haven't really been for a long time to a city where you're really conscious that they don't want you there kind of thing. Oh, really? Do you know what I mean? So it's like it, it just puts you in a quite a different headspace in terms of your experience of the destination. If you think these people would really prefer it if I wasn't here. So that's kind of a, a weird situation to be in, I think. And how did that manifest itself then? Oh, well, because the um, Europride gets quite a bit of publicity and the um, it, it, it had attracted quite a lot of opposition locally, led by the Orthodox Church, um, but also sort of, you know, nationalist extremists who were calling on the, you know, they were holding sort of marches in the weeks leading up to the event, protesting that it was taking place. And so then about a, a couple of weeks before the president of Serbia announced, okay, we're not going to have Euro Pride because, you know, we've got a few other things on and we're a bit busy and we'd really prefer not to have it. Um, but it went ahead anyway. And, you know, it's like a week long series of events. So there's conferences and receptions and finishes with the Pride March through the streets of the city kind of thing. And so it was sort of on and off and on and off. And at the very last minute, the prime minister stepped in and said, no, you can definitely have the, the march and there'll be security. Don't worry about it. Crack on kind of thing. So it happened. But yeah, it was it was interesting. Did you feel frightened? Uh, no, I wouldn't say frightened. One of the factors was on the day it was pouring with rain, like um. heavy, heavy, torrential, torrential rain all afternoon, well into the night. So, you know, you're supposed to say like, oh, the rain didn't dampen our spirits. Well, I think my spirits were a little bit dampened by the rain. <laughs> but also it was like so many police and security service people and stuff just, it, but also quite a large group of protesters being separated from the march by the police kind of thing. So it was just like, oh, this is fine. And I'm happy we're doing it. And... I'm just, you know, it's obviously not much fun for anyone. Um, but, yeah, so I just sort of came away going, oh, thanks, Bill, great. Yeah, <laughs> I need to that's be not rushing good. back there. <laughs> no. Well, the, let's just think of one positive. Anything you um, ate, anything you drank, anything you saw. Ooh. Um. Oh, dear. No, no, no. I'm trying to think. I mean, it, it was a reasonable hotel. Uh, it was a very nice group of people who I was with during the week. So, you know, people from all over Europe were there. And then so that was interesting. And I met a lot of interesting people. Uh, 
you know, you have to respect the resilience of the local LGBTQ community in Belgrade because, like, I can yeah. get on a plane and fly home, but, you know, that's they're living with this every day of their lives kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it's if you're going to sort of compare it for, to another destination, I guess it maybe feels a little bit like Budapest without the interesting bits. Okay, okay. All right, well... That won't be top of my list when I do ever <laughs> leave the great principality of Cardiff. Yeah. What is top of your list? What's your next trip on your agenda? Oh, I don't know, really. I am, um, yeah, I don't know. Generally, I don't know. We're going to the Cotswolds for a weekend. Hurrah. Oh, nice. When are you doing that? It's getting a bit cold and wintry at the moment, isn't it? I guess that you're going to do rambling through the Cotswolds. We're or... doing rambling. We're doing yeah. gang of girls, haven't really caught up for a long time so you know lots of red wine and hunkering down in a pub near oh, to nice. the staying in a cottage or oh Airbnb. nice yeah yeah, yeah. be nice it'd be lovely um yeah and 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 that's it really I've been, i was up in london on the weekend and i moved my daughter tess from north london to Vauxhall, which is where she's now living so yeah so that was good she said she's happily ensconced there we have found a little venezuelan restaurant which she's very excited about just around the corner because she loves venezuelan food well ironically <laughs> she does because she can eat it because there's not much wheat flour in Venezuela. Oh, and thought that what because they use corn sort of for oh, what are they? What is that? A wrappers? A, oh, daily a raper, a raper. Yeah. 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 yeah, I love those. They're delicious. I love those. Yeah. Yeah. What that's made of corn flour, not. Um, oh, right. I hadn't thought yeah. of that actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's that, that's exactly what she had actually. So it's very nice. Yeah. But no, I'm so I'm waiting. I'm waiting to go somewhere fabulous, and it will come. I think you know. I'm a big believer of build it, and they will come. Something will happen. Something's around the corner. Yeah, you just it's all that good karma you've been putting out into the world that is just going to work its way back to you at some point, isn't I it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My next trip um, is the Svalbard trip. I don't think I haven't got anything major until then, which is like end of November. And so I've, now I'm back from this one. I've I've got to turn my attention to the winter gear and to think what exactly am I going to take, and can I get away with hand luggage? Is my other quandary. But no. what what do you think? Uh, what what would you be thinking? Essential winter gear for like a winter adventure trip kind of thing well first of all everything is big so you certainly yeah. won't be getting away with handling. i know but i could wear it on the flight couldn't i I'd look like oh, the Michelin man and no. <laughs> the big snow boots <laughs> you look like the rock you just um imagine sitting next to me when i've got all that on i know you'd be like your worst nightmare no, you're going to need to long johns. Yeah, definitely a bit of a union suit situation, I think. What's a union suit? Uh, well, isn't uh, maybe it's an American term, but it's, isn't it like it's like the all-in-one onesie long john? Is thermal. it? Yeah, and I, they sort of market them as union suits because they're kind of a bit sexy, but still quite warm. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so you'll definitely need one of those. And then I guess, I, you know, you're going to have to buy proper boots, aren't you? Yeah. No, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I, I, yeah, I don't have any... You can't wear your trainers. No, exactly. They've got holes in them as well. So they're not going to do, do much good in the snow. But I think I'm going to need new boots, like proper hiking boots for the snow. I'm also going to need a new winter jacket. Oh. But, I mean, the plus side of that is because I won't be doing the heating on this winter, I'll be able to wear the jacket <laughs> inside and that'll but wear it to bed. That'll keep me warm. Keep those bills down. <laughs> All I can say, G, is that if you're going to buy boots, buy decent boots. 
There's no That's point. the thing, you can't go cheap on the boots, you can you? You can't go cheap on the boots. You can go cheap on most things, not on your boots. No, it is the price of a small car, but, you know, you've got to keep your feet warm and dry yeah. and comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and a few good pairs of socks. Yes. Would you go mittens or gloves? Maybe like, I need proper like ski. I think I might have some ski gloves. Ski actually, gloves. Somewhere. I've got to get into my Surely storage cupboard. between us, we'd have people who've got ski stuff. Surely Nick's got lots of ski stuff. You? He's not really a skier. No, but he'll have the gear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll investigate. I'm heading over there for dinner this week, I think. So I'll, oh, I'll okay. check out his wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I bet, I bet, um, you know, well, yeah, you need to pick up a decent jacket, don't you? Yeah, all right. And then you need a little hip flask full of whiskey, and that'll see mm. you through. Honestly, I think that's where that's where the packing should start. Is... Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now you promised me a quiz. Oh yes, indeed, and I have actually prepared it bizarrely. Now it's <laughs> a little bit Australian. Good. So am I. I know, indeedy, but it's also got a couple of uh, Norway. Uh, quizzes little questions okay uh, only two right here we go i'm going to start you nice and easy okay all right i'm listening how many time zones are there in australia uh can i count that quickly uh three well done ping good all right western australia the south australia is like a like a half hour different to everyone else isn't it three yeah okay cool yeah we're moving on from that because that's, right. those type of questions don't really interest me really <laughs> you wrote the questions <laughs> i know which australian animal is known as the largest carnivorous marsupial in the world carnivorous marsupial is it extinct or not extinct no good question not extinct it's not extinct no um one of the, whilst you're thinking, one, I'm just remembering that one of the kids in, in um, my class said something about dodo. We talked about dead, you know, dead extinct creatures. We did this whole project on it, and he'd written, "A dodo is in instinct." And I thought, yeah, you've completely not understood the project, which is extinct. <laughs> the whole concept. So I had to go right back again, all over again. <laughs> anyway, can I have an answer, please? I'm going to have to hurry you. Uh, the only one I can think, I was going to say like Tasmanian tiger, <gasps> but that's extinct. You're close though. You're saying it's Tasmanian devil? Yeah. It's not very large, but I guess there's not many other carnivorous marsupials, are there? I'm telling you, it's the largest carnivorous marsupial in the world. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Two points no, to me. You, no, I don't think so. You <laughs> oh, can't get on. a point for that. No. That was in the right state. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. Okay. How um, much of Australia's population live on the coast? What percentage? Well, I'm going to ask oh. that in a better way. What was that? But I'm going to give you some choices. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Is it 25%, 45%, 65% or 85%, Karen? 85%. Oh, my gosh. That's correct. Well done. Is it? Well done. Yeah. No, yeah. It, 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 it has to be high, doesn't it? And I would have gone for 65 so that's a good I one. know. I was tempted, but there's just nothing in the middle, is there? So, no, yeah. no, okay. no. Okay, two, we're going Norway. Ooh. So I could do it in a Norwegian accent. Can if you? You'd like me I'd, to. Please, I'd like to hear it. Thing is, if we actually had any listeners, then I wouldn't want to risk offending any Norwegians. But, we, you know, nobody's listening. Who's Norwegian, are they? So here We're not we very big in Norway. <laughs> no. <laughs> Norway is the third biggest exporter of, and I've given you some choices, computers, 
don't laugh at accent. It's it's been practicing. Computers, <laughs> agricultural products, oil or furniture. Wait, what was the start of the question? They're the biggest exporters of. It's the third third largest exporter in the world of. Oil. Oh bloody hell, Garrett! Oh, excuse my language. Yes, that's right. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast. I'm Thank sorry you. about that, everybody. <laughs> disgruntled okay you won't know this all right give it to me what is the unofficial national dish of norway now it's unofficial but if you are it said in on the website if you ask 99 norwegians 99 would give you this answer is it a a big mac b boston cream donuts c egger waffles or d gordiosa frozen pizza right okay so um no idea. I'm going to say the eggy waffles. No. Uh-uh. Was it the pizza? Yes. Was it? Because Norwegians haven't had pizzas. They they only just had pizzas in the at 1981. That's when pizzas were introduced to Norway. And Really? Yes. And then they had pizza restaurants, but as the they they didn't know pizza. Had didn't, you know, didn't have a clue, didn't have a clue. Okay, and unfamiliar with the concept of pizza. Unfamiliar. They didn't know how to eat it, how to cut it. <laughs> Trying to get it up through a straw. No, not that way. No. <laughs> not in a blender. No. <laughs> and I've I did read an interesting fact for you actually, which I thought was quite interesting, that Norway introduced salmon sushi to Japan. Ah. I guess that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I wouldn't have... Yeah, I haven't heard that before, but you no. can kind of see the logic of it somehow, can't you? Yeah. I think I think the Japanese were eating sushi left, right and centre, but then the Norwegians but, said, why don't you try salmon? You know. True, and the Japanese will put anything into a bit of a sushi kind of mix, won't they? So, you know, you could give them some kangaroo and they'd be up for it, wouldn't they? They would try it, wouldn't they? Yes, yes. Try yes. anything, though. They're very adventurous. Surprisingly <laughs> adventurous. <laughs> When I go to Japanese restaurants now, I just have this, the I just have the salmon. Isn't that dull? But it's just my favorite thing. You don't like I like the, um, soft shell crab is in a <gasps> roll. Oh, yeah. probably what I take. I take that back. I like that as well. Yeah. Crunchy yeah. tuna, I also like. No, I think the crunchy tuna just tastes like something you'd get in Tesco. I think you've got to. Have, Does it? Yeah, I think you. Got, <laughs> you can have like a California maki or something, can't you? With a little bit of everything on top. Yeah, delicious. I, I will. To be honest, I'll eat anything in a sushi restaurant. It's all delicious. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yes, that's true. So <laughs> I was thinking yesterday because I was I was thinking yesterday about if I had to go traveling. And I had to leave one thing in your care to look after whilst Ooh. I was gone. What would it be? The dog. I'm getting the dog, aren't I? Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think we can count living things because it would just be too oh. obvious. <laughs> um, oh, like a, a personal treasured possession. No, treasured possession. Right. Um, you could... Um... You don't really have any pot pl- like house plants or anything, do you, that I could take care of? No, no, you've got to tell me what yours is. Oh, what? I'm you what? Banana. I'm giving you something to take care of. Yeah, you're really not with it today. This holiday sorry, did no, you no good at all. <laughs> I'm going to start again. I'm sorry about this, listener. He's being very dull today. So if I go away and I'm going to choose one thing to give you to look after, that's precious to me whilst I'm away. I'm going to choose that. And you have to do the same thing. Have you got it now? 
I've got to choose something for you to look after while I'm away. Indeed. Okay. Um, could it just be my entire flat? Like you could just no. move in for a bit. No. Okay. No. Could it? Um... Is there like one thing in your flat that you you particularly love? Uh, well, I do have like a really nice painting by Louise, obviously. Um, <gasps> oh, that's so, so weird. Because I was thinking that as well. I can see yours behind you. I yeah. know. So, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, but we, it's a bit weird for us to do a swap on basics. <laughs> and anyway, really, I should be choosing something to do with my children. I mean, however, that'll be fine. It, I'm just going to say it's my Louise painting because <laughs> they don't listen. <laughs> on that note, that brings us to the end of this episode. We'll be back again soon with more travel tales and travel inspiration. Yes, it was so nice of you to join us, everybody. Thank you very much. And we hope that you'll join us again next time. If you've got anything you'd like to ask us, anything you'd like, any stories you'd like to tell us, let Gareth know on Twitter at GTB London. But in the meantime, have a great week, everyone. Bye. <laughs>